I greet you in Lord's holy name. We'll continue our study from the book of uh, Esther. I requested uh, uh, Sister Sylvia, Dr. Sylvia from Tutukurini EGF to lead us in prayer for this evening Bible study. Dr. Sylvia. Can you hear me, Anna? Ah, yes, sir, sister. Prayer. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for this wonderful evening. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this uh, evening time. Thank you for this fellowship, Lord. You, uh, Lord, you have chosen us and made us fortunate to listen to your words. Uh, Lord, uh, this, uh, you have given, uh, we thank you for having given us this uh, uh, book, Lord, in our hands, the Holy Bible in our lands, in our hands, Lord. Uh, thank you for making the leading as a tool to explain uh, what is the air in this uh, word of God, Lord. You guide him, you uh, you help him, uh, Lord. You uh, speak through him, Lord, and uh, so that uh, the secrets behind this uh, book be untraveled uh, and make our hearts pliable to receive. Um, what, uh, re receive your words, uh, Lord. We praise and we uh, and we thank for all the people who are in this, uh, who have who are participating in this uh, study. Uh, Lord, uh, help us not to have any glitches in the uh, technical side in the network. Let the network be. Uh, uh, let this technology should not be. Uh, let it not be. Uh, uh, hindrance uh, to our study. Lord, uh, now we are in the third day of uh, learning the book of uh, Esther. Lord, thank you for having given this book. Lord, you um, uh, you make use of uh, use of us, Lord, like uh, like the uh, like uh, your people in uh, Bible. How Esther had been in uh, in 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 her life, Lord. You also, Lord, we have to be. For for our our country, for our nation, you give that uh, a burden in our hearts, Lord. We uh, commit this session into your hands. Take away or uh, take uh, take uh, hold of all the things that is to be done here, and uh, we commit a billion into your hands. You use them. We ask in the precious name of our Lord and uh, Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Padatta. Thank you. Thank you. On Monday, when we started, we looked at uh, the Persian kingdom. Next to Babylonian kingdom, the Persians have taken control of situations. And we also look at the culture. When we looked at uh, the character of Esther, we were very much excited about the composed nature of Esther. And being a Jew, how she behaved and uh, how she became a queen. And we looked at the whole book as such. We have seen the broad outline of the book and we have noted down chapter 4, verse 14. How Modekai was telling, at time like this, God has raised you to this occasion. Though the word God is not mentioned, we could clearly see the God's providential hand upon his people, raising uh, Mordegai, Esther, to protect his people. And uh, we were very much excited to see God's hand 
upon guiding in every uh, situation. And yesterday when we looked at it, we have seen God's sovereignty in the uh, occasion like when two people wanted to kill the king, assassinate the king, they could, uh, Mordecai could found out and then he could inform the king through the queen and it was recorded. Though the people have forgotten, we know that God is very much active in the history. We looked at the evil think, thinking of Haman and we could see very clearly how the devil is uh, making uh, people as his instrument and the evil is growing. And we looked at the reactions of Mordecai in that situation. Actions are very important. We know that uh, uh, actions matter a lot. But more than that, our reactions also are very, very important. Being a believer, we are not only concentrating on our actions, we have to be very clear about our reactions. And above all, our attitude matters a lot. If you worship the Lord and wanted to please him in every aspect of our life, then our actions and our reactions will be controlled. Yesterday also we looked at the character of uh, uh, Esther. We noted down some of the very positive, uh, great qualities of Esther. And uh, right after the Bible study, um, I, I was introduced to this dear sister, Jagruti. Uh, she is a B.Tech uh, student in Andhra Pradesh, studying in an NIT. Uh, I am really grateful to God for uh, people like Shiny. Uh, they, she and other friends introduce uh, uh, new members to join and uh, Shiny, Janusha and others, they know that uh, uh, I'm so much concerned about concentrating on uh, student leaders and young graduates. And Shiny has introduced uh, their Jibrudi uh, yesterday and I have just sent out all the old notes to her. This morning, when I saw her DP picture, I saw this statement. I was thrilled. I was thrilled. That's the reason I wanted to mention here. Basically because what we studied yesterday, uh, it is very much connected here. No failure is ever wasted. No pain is ever wasted. No fear is ever wasted. God may be silent now, but he is definitely coming through. Keep up the faith. God may be silent now, but he is definitely coming through. Keep up the faith. I thank uh, Jibruti for keeping that as her DP picture in her mobile phone and how much uh, Modegai and Esther knew that God may be silent now, but he is definitely coming through. They kept the faith even in this evening. That's a main message we need to make note uh, for our own life in the context of, as Sister prayed, in the context of our nation, and in the context of the church around, in the context of the Christian families around, how much we need to look up to God in faith so that uh, we can understand the act of God among us. Let's continue. And as we see this uh, study, today we are going to look at three chapters, chapter five, six, and seven. 
chapter 5 is really focusing on Esther could find favor from the king. She could invite the king and uh, we could see that uh, what has happened along with that. It's not only just a feast. We are going to look at uh, in chapter 5. Chapter 6, we could see very clearly how Modege was honored by the king and by the enemy himself. Very interesting story and we are going to look at little later. The seventh chapter highlights about the execution of Haman. The evil is closed. That's the way we are going to look at it. But uh, we, we don't have enough time for us to read all the three chapters. But uh, I requested uh, their Bakeshri from Chirala to read this passage for us. She's ready. Esther, chapter 7, verses 1 to 8. Bakeshri. Am I audible, Uncle? Yes, ma'am. Reading from chapter Esther 7, 1 to 8, verses. So the king and Haman went to the king Esther's banquet. And as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king again asked Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. The Queen Esther answered, if I have found it, found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life, this is my petition, and spare my life, this is my request. For I and my people have been solely destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have felt quite, because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. King Jarrus asked Queen Esther, who is he? Where is he? The man who has dared to do such a thing. Esther said, an adversary, an enemy, this wild Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in a race, left his wine, and went into a palace garden. But Haman, realizing that the king had already decided to fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling at the top where Esther was reclining. The king exclaimed, Will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as the world left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's son. Thank you so much, dear Bakeshri, for that lovely reading. I really appreciate that. Uh, let's start from chapter 5. Uh, I'm just taking it a little differently. There are uh, two paragraphs we can see in uh, chapter 5. Verses 1 to 8 is uh, Esther's petition. What uh, Bakeshri read is the second uh, feast. But uh, the first feast we are going to look at in chapter 5, 1 to 8. Verse 9 to 14 is uh, the opposite enemy or Amman's temper. I wanted to give a different title than just an over picture of uh, uh, Esther got a favor from, his, uh, from this king. That is true. Esther got favor. But when we look at the passage very carefully, I really wanted to highlight one important point on temperament. 
how we are temperamentally guided. And I like this phrase, temperamentally sound. Many times I was talking about it, temperamentally sound. Esther was definitely temperamentally very sound. But other side, Haman was very pathetic fellow. He was not at all temperamentally sound. Even as we look at chapter 5, we need to check our own life. How is your temperament? You may be an extrovert, but you may be an introvert. That doesn't mean. But as a child of God, under the control of the Holy Spirit, when you come, how you behave, that's very important. There's a powerful book by name, uh, Spirit Control Temperament. Spirit Control Temperament. We all have our own backgrounds. We all have our own temperaments. But uh, our temperaments should be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to highlight some of the points. Later also, I'm going to talk about these two people a little later. Uh, about Esther, very much uh, we need to talk. When you look at uh, uh, Esther's uh, temperament, she was uh, uh, very smart. Yesterday we looked at it. We see this uh, phrase starts with, uh, on the third day of the fast. Like, uh, on the third day, Esther put on her royal robes. They were in fast. Three days, they, she announced the fast. And uh, uh, the immediate action she could take uh, in a, a beautiful way, I appreciate that. What do I want to communicate here? Uh, some of my brothers and sisters, I see that uh, uh, temperamentally, they are very slow in taking actions. Uh, prayer, 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 fasting, fasting, fasting. After that, we simply forget what we prayed and what we are doing it. Then suddenly we uh, uh, get awakening and then we wanted to take action. Of course, Esther cannot be like that because that situation was very bad. Even otherwise, Esther could have delayed after prayer. She could have informed her uncle, I'm just now thinking about it, what to do, how to go about. No, she took quick action. Some of us hastily take action without any fasting and prayer, without any proper preparation. We speak out and uh, uh, we spoil every uh, step of us by over-enthusiasm. That is also definitely wrong. Think of your own life experiences. It's very much possible. We slow down heavily and we missed God's best. And we have lost God's blessings. Otherwise, we have taken quick action and we were dishonoring God's name. Yes, sir, was right time and the right way of going. Even when you look at the king asking, uh, what do you want? I can give you half of this uh, kingdom. Uh, that's not uh, just to please her. That's the way it was mentioned. Even when you look at uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 22 and 23, you know the story. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for anything you want, and I will give it to you. 
and even if it is half of my kingdom i can give it to you but uh, that little girl instead of take asking for half kingdom she went and asked her mother what to ask for and uh, the evil uh, heart of that lady told that you go and ask for the head of john the baptist in a plate uh, that was a history it has happened and there we see that half of the kingdom i am ready to give even here we see that that's the way it is spoken uh, and esther was not just carried away by uh, outward sayings things like that one more thing i am excited to see that uh, commentators say that she followed the protocol very interesting very interesting she followed the protocol when king asked her what do you want and if i were in that position immediately i'll just jump into that uh, time and say that king i'm so happy that you have come here let me tell you my problem and then just like that she didn't go forward the protocol is that she can ask him to come back so that uh, she can think about it that's very important in these days when we behave in our church context in our fellowship at home and in our society we don't allow people to think we have our every answer and uh, we we raise questions and we want to give the answers let's be careful esther was brilliant and esther was temperamentally very sound i wish and pray that all of us will take this message seriously but other side was nine when you look at it haman went out that day happy and in high spirits very interesting high and um happy and high spirits it's very true of the human nature when i'm invited for a very special feast and that also along with king in third chapter end we see that uh, he and king had a dinner and they were drinking that's what we read in chapter 3 was the last but here queen is in uh, inviting it's not only just along with king he is going to eat its queen is inviting so high spirit look at that word next but but even in verse uh, 12 we see the same thing there also uh, he says that uh, he is very good in high spirits verse 13 starts but all this gives me no satisfaction as long as i see the jew modegai sitting in the king's gate when you come back to verse 9 but when he saw modegai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose up showed fear in his presence he was filled with rage against modegai look at that even modegai finished his fast and came back hoping that esther is going to do something and god will bless the effort of esther so he was very anxious right after the prayer she was not saying that i am tired he went back to the place where she where he supposed to sit and he was sitting there and the feast was over and uh, haman came out with high spirits but 
my dear brother and sister many times this bud is a bad bud for you you are in high spirit sometimes but somehow one person one person's presence or somebody's words or somebody's behavior put you down you are in low spirits and your mood has gone look at that temperamentally you are not sound temperamentally you are not sound i know that it's very painful but you have to handle it properly haman could not handle it properly that is a reason he has to suffer a lot even in your own life many a times you are suffering a lot not because of uh, the uh, evil in others it is because you the way in which you react by looking at some people by hearing some people's comment and your high spirits are just going away think of it very seriously secondly he went home and uh, he was uh, excited with his high spirits he is telling his wife and uh, his uh, friends and uh, they come out with a powerful statement after hearing that uh, uh, he is very much uh, uh, upset then verse 14 his wife her name is mentioned here zaras and all his friends said to him not one friend all his friends said to him have a pole set up reaching to a height of 50 cubits and ask the king in the morning to have modegai impale on it then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself look at that enjoy the banquet tomorrow because she has invited you again before that you have to do something then the phrase says this suggestion delighted haman and he had pole set up immediately immediately the evil has come from his wife and bad friends my brothers sisters be careful you cannot afford to do like this if you are just controlled by others it is very sad you are not strong in your temperament your spouse or your bad friends if they can suggest something and if you are delighted and if you are taking action without thinking what about your character what about your character think of it maybe you are not like haman taking a very strong decision of making a 75 feet height of pole but how many times in your college in your hostel in your neighborhood and definitely in your church you have done something wrong by hearing what others say temperamentally you have to be strong and also when i look at this word uh, delight and also the word satisfaction in verse 13 these two words the source uh is bad the source is very bad for us uh, we need to check our uh, delight 
we have to check our satisfaction where is the source and how i am delighted how i am uh, really satisfied selfish people and uh, dishonoring god and without any fear we plan temperamentally we are not not at all sound that's the way i look at chapter 5 other way round all the four days i want to talk about great esther we are studying the her book and uh, i want to title today uh, the wise esther how much we all need to be known as a wise people some of you are with me in studying book of james chapter 3 verses 13 talks about wisdom worldly wisdom and heavenly wisdom and if you are a child of god definitely you need to have such a heavenly wisdom in case if you are struggling go back james chapter 3 verse 13 onwards very simple passage very powerful passage be a wise person like esther number 1 we see that in chapter 5 verse 4 if it pleases the king replied esther let the king together with haman come today to a banquet i have prepared for him bring haman at once the king said here she used the right methodology we know that uh, in the first day itself we studied the culture of the king and the culture of persia is enjoying drinking when they are served wine then they will ask what do you want you want half of the la- uh, property i'll give you it is not that they puffed up and uh, they are not in sound mind because when they are in high spirit by taking the wine they ask this and we all know that the book of esther is filled with feasts in fact there are 10 feasts are highlighted in this 10 chapters interestingly in between these two feasts are part of the 10 feasts these two feasts are organized by this wise lady it is an not an unwise decision it is a wise decision what do you want to communicate here you need to use the common sense you need to use the common platform when jesus went to share the gospel with that lady the samarian lady in john chapter 4 he said give me water give me water then she uh, started speaking and slowly she led her to say that i am that messiah you are talking about but many times we want to show we want to go and talk to people we want to share the gospel straight straight let me give a very simple example when i am talking to the uh, evangelistic group or uh, uh, newcomers or uh, even a uh, discipleship programs normally i will quote uh, examples from cricket because i know that uh, even now people started talking about ipl with all this corona what's going to happen i do not know but september 18th people are waiting because ipl is going to start i know that uh, many of my student friends are crazy about ipl and cricket 
and even girls have started uh, uh, talking about IPL. After IPL has come, even uh, people started uh, talking about cricket. In some places, I will use uh, some examples from cinema. I can see that uh, people who put their heads down when I say name of Sachin or Dhoni, immediately I can see that all the heads come up and they look at me. When I, meant, uh, when I mean uh, Rajini Hanth or some Sini uh, name, Sini uh, actor's name, immediately you can see that uh, people just uh, raise up their hand. My dear brothers and sisters, I'm not saying that you talk about cricket and you talk about cinema, but what I want to communicate is go to that level and speak and do things. Gospel in a contemporary way, we have to do it. Organize a feast, take them to an ice, uh, ice cream parlor, take them to the tea stall. I don't know what is that uh, which you have to do. And she did a wise thing of inviting them for a feast. Otherwise, if I were in her position, I would think that three days I fasted and prayed. I know my God. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to King's place. I'm going to straight away go and plead before him. I'm going to be flat before him. Remember me. Remember, in eighth chapter, we see that she fell prostrate before him. Why she didn't do it in five, but she did it in chapter eight. She was a wise lady. She's a wise lady. If we as evangelicals, Bible-believing Christians, we tremendously believe in fasting and prayer, then we wanted to act, take actions just like that, go fast. That's not a good idea. Use your common sense, keep the common platform, and uh, he, she did it. Secondly, Look at uh, chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Esther replied, my petition and my request is this. Get rid of this uh, man. No, 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 no. Look at that. If the king regards me with favor, and if it is pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet. I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. Very gracious and thoughtful words. I really like it. Very gracious, the way in which she speaks. Of course, um, when she's before the king, she has to speak like that. But very thoughtful words. That's what I told earlier. She used the protocol. It's nothing wrong in saying that you come back for tomorrow. Otherwise, she wanted to communicate to the king. You think about it. I have something serious to talk to you. And uh, uh, let me talk to you tomorrow. Very thoughtful words, very gracious words. And most of you are with me uh, when we studied the book of Colossians. And I know some of you very, uh, very much like the book of Colossians. In chapter four, the context is uh, Paul is telling that how we have to share the gospel with others. In that context, uh, this is the verse coming. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. I like these two phrases, full of grace 
seasoned with salt. Many times it's full of grace, but it's not seasoned with salt. My brothers and sisters, we need to be very careful that how we speak. And I'm sure that uh, most of us are not fluent in talking. And uh, when I have to tell my uh, testimony, I'm very, very poor in communicating. You have to ask my old friends. They will tell you, I cannot think properly before I speak. I cannot communicate properly. And uh, people have to ask many questions, then only they can understand what is in my mind. My brothers and sisters, God in his mercy will give you the gift. You may not be a great orator. You may not be great in speaking wisely. If you want a testimony, my life is my testimony. I was extremely poor. God in his mercy has given me a tongue, a proper way to communicate, has given me a mind to properly think. I'm so much grateful to God for my mentors. Some of them very harshly corrected me. I thank God for them. And above all, I thank God for the grace of God. Who I am now, it's basically because of the grace of God and because of the prayer of many people and because of my good mentors. My dear brothers and sisters, our words should be filled with salt. We, need be, we, we may be very gracious in speaking, but how much our words are with salt, we have to think about it. Seventh chapter, I want to highlight some of the points there. Look at uh, verse 3 and 4. Then Queen Esther answered, if I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition. Lovely. The way in which she presents her case, it's beautiful. She says, grant me my life. This is my petition. And spare my people. This is my request. My God. Her petition and her request comes out very clearly. Then she says, verse 4, For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed. We are sold. Somebody has given money and sold us. My goodness. Look at that, how she is presenting. Killed, annihilated. If he had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet. Look at other phrase. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet. Because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. Lovely, lovely. My brothers and sisters, we need to present our case in the right way, properly. It could be before your parents. It could be before your principal. It could be before your friends. It could be definitely before your enemies. It could be before your big officials, your boss. How wise we are in presenting our case. Our words are very important. 
we need to write we need to have right words that is important that's what we saw in chapter 5 here i am talking about the presentation of the case even when we wanted to share the gospel some of us immediately we want to jump into the subjective way saying that i accepted jesus and my life is changed praise the lord it is true and now i am very happy then when the principal or other people are asking you how you are going to answer it that's what uh, paul is telling in colossians chapter 4 you need to be uh, careful in presenting the case for the sake of the gospel for sake of your righteousness for the sake of your moral life if you have to present your case before others be careful yester was a wise lady let's look at verse 6 in chapter 7 yester said an adversary and enemy this while aman okay this while aman then aman was terrified before the king and queen being straight forward being transparent being bold in speak, speaking before the face my brothers and sisters uh, already we talked about it the great quality of esther she was not asking haman to go out so that uh, on out is a culprit i plead to you please talk to him and take back that uh, uh, plot no no straight before haman she said we need to have guts we need wisdom we need uh, uh, straightforwardness we need such a character may the lord help each one of us to think of the way in which wisely we have to behave though we fast and pray and we are all spiritual my brothers and sisters we as evangelicals we are very strong in praying we are very strong in fasting and praying but we are not wise in speaking we are not wise in presenting ourselves before others we need god's grace chapter 6 quickly we will see chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 it is king's bedtime book he couldn't sleep properly so he brought the book out and uh, people are reading from that record and we know that uh, and there he found out that modegai Uh, has found out the assassination plan and uh, in his name it was written and king is asking whether he got a reward for that nothing was uh, mentioned like that so that's a three verse uh, but i have to tell you other things number one as uh, one of the commentators very rightly says this is the center of the narrative when you look at all these 10 chapters this phrase on that night the king could not sleep and uh, he develops it very nicely first chapter talks about the opening or the background of it the last chapter chapter 10 just opposite it's a closing and uh, it is a epilog it's just closed so the first chapter and last chapter and look at other two chapters 
chapter 2 and chapter 3 talks about the king's first decree the first decree is coming out and uh, two chapters down chapter 8 and 9 talks about the king's second decree that is just opposite of what he has written earlier the first one he has written jews should be annihilated should be removed completely but here he says no jews should live and those who are enemies of jews should be uh, removed destroyed look at uh, chapter 4 and 5 the clash between haman and mordecai but chapter 6 and 7 mordecai's triumph over haman it is not a clash it's a victory for mordecai so when we keep this phrase on that night the king could not sleep there could be many many uh, messages we can hear from that interestingly uh, someone has observed even in daniel's time a few years back of esther's time and uh, daniel is also exactly like uh, esther as a jew has come to the other nations and there two kings had a disturbed night they couldn't sleep properly chapter 2 verse 1 talks about nebuchad nature he couldn't sleep because of the dreams his mind was troubled and he couldn't sleep on that night and that led him to be very disturbed and daniel uh, had the privilege of helping this king to come out of that sleepless night later that's a different story one more king and foolishly he took a decision to uh, put daniel into the lion's den that was not at all a wise decision he has done but uh, uh, he did it that night that king could not uh, sleep at all and the whole night he was so disturbed and the next day early morning he went and shouted to the lions that's the way we have to say because if he is a wise man how come he can go to the lions den and call by name daniel and daniel my brothers and sisters the disturbed night could clearly help him to know that daniel is sleeping and daniel is alive next day morning he could call by name daniel if we were there we would have just search for his uh, bones whether there some bones are there no the king was disturbed in that night my brothers and sisters there are disturbed nights in the life of many rich people there are disturbed nights for the people who are oppressing there are disturbed nights in the heart of the big religious leaders and spiritual leaders we do not know we do not know but we know only this that is the center of the narrative god is at work yesterday when we saw that uh, people forgot but we know god remembered and in the right time god gave a sleepless night to the king i don't want to take uh, 
uh, as we did yesterday, a comparative study of Esther and Haman in that way, or Mordecai and Haman. I was thinking like that. I was tempted to do that. But I want to close today's study with a different note. What is the view of enemy in the New Testament? We are in the New Testament times. Are we going to be like uh, uh, Esther after finishing this book? I'm sure that some of us are, uh, will be eager to do that. Lord, kill this man. Kill this lady. Because of her only, because of him only, we have a lot of problems at home, in the society, in the church, in our nation. How much uh, we will be fasting and praying and waiting for a chance to say uh, to God, saying that, Lord, get rid of this man. No, that's not the way the New Testament is teaching. We need to understand properly the view of enemy. If so, whether uh, uh, Esther is bad? No. Whether Old Testament is bad? Not at all. That's part of the Bible. We need to understand the progressive revelation of God's word. And here we are in New Testament times, how to interpret the enemies around in the nation, in our church, in our family, how you are going to face them. Let's look at some of the incidents. There are many, many we can quote, but look at these some of the points. When we look at the people of Israel, have come out of Egypt, God in his mercy has delivered them and he made them as his people. Exodus chapter 19, lovely passage, Exodus chapter 19. When you have time, you can read first six verses. He said, I am going to be your God and you are my people. Then as they were going forward, we see that uh, in Deuteronomy 7th chapter, he told Moses to say this. In verse 2, we see that you must destroy all the seven nations who are your enemies. By number, they are more than you. When you look at the passage, you can see that. God is saying that I didn't choose you because you are in big number. You are the majority and all the others are minority. No, you are a minority. And all the others are seven nations are majority. But you have to destroy them totally. They are enemies of God. Enemies of God. They are enemies of God's people. My God. That's the way the Old Testament is developed. Look at Psalm 139, a lovely psalm. You need to be excited to study this psalm. Till verse 18, the psalmist David talks about the greatness of God. 1 to 18, powerful passage. He talks about the greatness of God. But in 19 till 24, there's a shift. In verse 19, we see, if only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men, people like Aman, please throw them out. Slay the wicked. 
how come David can pray after reciting all these 18 verses? The greatness of God, the sovereignty of God, all-powerful God. Then he says, looking at a wicked people and cursing them. My brothers and sisters, in Old Testament, especially in Psalms, wherever you read like this, remember that uh, we need to interpret the passage from the light of New Testament. And there God is talking against the people who are enemies of God, who are enemies of God's word, who are enemies of God's people. In New Testament, starts with the powerful words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, love your enemies. You love your friends. That's good. And they also love you. You give them gifts and you receive gifts from them. What is there? Love your enemies. How come it's possible? He did it. On the cross, the first verse from his mouth, he says, Lord, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. My goodness. Do you think Esther should have prayed like that? Lord, forgive this man, Aman. He does not know what he is doing. No. Esther's handling of Aman is completely different. We need to understand in the right way. But in New Testament, now your enemies. We are going to look at some more passages. Uh, chapter 12 of Romans, Paul says like this, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink so that he will realize what a great man you are. Romans chapter 12 is a very beautiful chapter. First two verses talks about our commitment. Very true. Our mind should be transformed. That's what it is highlighted when we make our bodies as a living sacrifice. Then we are not spiritual, uh, we are spiritually alert, but we are not uh, heartfelt Christians. We became our minds are transformed. Then verses 3 to 21, he talks about many, many things what we have to do as a spirit controlled man. And last two verses about our handling, our relationship with enemies. My dear brothers and sisters, if you are a child of God, you cannot have anybody as your enemy. Hear me. You cannot have anybody as your enemy. Who are they? Those who are putting you down in your campuses, at home, and in your, in your neighborhood, and in your church. These are the people who are controlled by the enemy who is devil. That's what we read in 1 Peter. Peter says very clearly in chapter 5, verse 8, the enemy, the devil, prowls around you. Where to put you down? He is that enemy. He is the person who is the cause to make us uh, to suffer. And we need to, according to the New Testament passage, we need to pray against the devil who is controlling the uh, every uh, authorities and in Ephesians chapter 6 we read that those of you who haven't meditated uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 onwards take time the fight is not between 
bl blood and flesh it's not with any uh, with uh, the phys uh, physical human beings it is against the evil one even today as we face the enemies in our life and in our ministry and in our church and in our nation keep that in mind love them pray for them there was one Saul he was an enemy of the church he wanted to get rid of all the Christians hear me Acts 9 chapter he wanted to get rid of all the enemies there are people say like that in India there won't be any Christians but Saul became Paul pray for our enemies pray for our enemies let's look at uh, some of the questions for us to consider this evening before we close how many times I had foolishly behaved in the past Esther was a wise lady the way in which she behaved the way in which she planned the way in which she prayed and the way in which she spoke everything wisely but I am foolishly speaking foolishly behaving in the past it has happened why don't we correct ourselves may the Lord help each one of us to take the example of Esther to be wise along with our fasting and prayer along with our spiritual commitment secondly when I'm aware of the evil present among us how do I take that seriously what I mean there are Hamans in my campus in my hostel even in my class in my office in my church there are Oman even at home then definitely in the nation and then how do I take it seriously I, am I just going to leave it like that or am I going to look at such people very closely and carefully that leads me to the third important point definitely we believe in the sovereignty of God how do we need to pray for our nation this time you know that today is going to be a very crucial day this morning when I got up after my quiet time when I saw a whatsapp message my one of my mentors and my dear brother CB Samuel has sent out a long message pray for our nation it started with August 5th today August 5th it's not that they are going to build a temple uh, yeah, in the place where Ram was born it's more than that India is going to be Bharat and they have many plans and as we hear all these messages through TV and through internet you can get many many informations as a child of God what we are going to pray for how we are going to pray let's pray father we thank you for the book of Esther even today as we have meditated these three chapters about these four people again Lord our spirits are really motivated give us such a wisdom like Esther to behave and to speak Lord in us in me there's an evil growing and we see many many people around with filled with evil Lord help me to curse the devil 
who are under the bondage of the evil one so that our nation will be blessed our church will be blessed our ministry will be blessed our family will be blessed thank you for hearing us continue to minister to us give us good night rest in jesus name we pray amen